I'm Bill Finn. You may remember me from other popular podcasts like This American Lice, Daycare Disasters, and The Crafty Brewtown Strangler, The Limited Edition Killer. Take it from me, a good podcast is like a fine wine, perfect for binging. It's season three of the Bait and Switch Podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. My name is Chris Beyer, as always, with my co-host, Jim Martin. Hello, everybody. Tonight's guest is a friend of mine from high school. His name is Jeff Grayson. He goes by Josh. I know that's his nickname. But Jeff, Jim, if you might remember, was one of the first guests we talked about getting on our show. Remember that? That's true. Right. And Mm -hmm. we were kind of wedded to the idea of having people in studio. And so Jeff was never available because he lives up in Minnesota. And we'll get into that in here in just a second. But now, because of the Zoom thing, we're doing a lot of Zoom podcasts. And I said, you know what? Yeah, I got to get a hold of him and see if we can get him on. And we got Jeff Grayson on the Zoom call right now. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Mr. Beyer. Thank you, Jim. This is fun to be on with you. Yeah, thanks for being here. One of the reasons we wanted to get Jeff on is because he's a little bit of a media personality. He did the lead-ins for Brewers Baseball and for Milwaukee Bucks Basketball on Fox Sports. And we'll talk more about that in the second half of our podcast here tonight. Jeff is up in Minnesota. You're kind of a bit of an expat or maybe an expat up there in Minnesota. How long have you been up there? I have lived in Minnesota for going on 27 years. I cannot believe it. No kidding. here at the end of 93. Always will be a Wisconsinite. And luckily, I'm not too far from the border. The Twin (laughs) Cities are pretty close. But Mm -hmm. yes, I've been up here. You know, now that you asked me that question, my goodness. Yeah, it's been about half my life now uh, here in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> a couple quick questions. What's the currency up there? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. You grow up where we grew up. Okay. Yeah. We're Tosa boys, right? Mm-hmm. We would watch the weather in the worst of the Milwaukee winter. Let's, let's say mid-January, right? And I'm thinking, what's it going to be like tomorrow? Because I'm going to deliver the Sentinel in the morning. I want to know how cold it's going to be. And you'd always hear, well, it was Paul Joseph, Vince Condella, John Milan. And they'd say, if you think it's bad here, look at what happened in Minnesota last night. And I thought, I'll never live there. Right, so right. it seems to people from Milwaukee, even people from Green Bay where I used to live, that it's totally different. Um, they actually now have transferred to United States money. So it helps. Okay. Oh, really? Is it noticeably colder up there? In the worst of the winter, yes. It's a different kind of cold. You know, you're that much closer to Canada. Cold is cold after a certain point, right? Yeah. I was in Minnesota one time. It was about 15 years ago. And it was in January. It was the end of January. And it was like, you know, it was like minus 10 or something, right? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we've gone through minus 10. It's not great. But up there, it just was colder. It was like in my bones kind of cold. It was bad. And I was only up there for like two days. Yeah, I I (laughs) agree. out of there. It is different. When they had the Super Bowl here, a lot of people acted like they were thinking it was going to be Palm Springs for some reason. The media, oh. when the Super Bowl was here, thought, oh, it is so cold up here. Well, yeah, you're having a, a game in February. You're coming to Minnesota. It's going to be chilly. But you're right. People always say when they come here, when they get off the plane, when they fly here, it is different. It is yeah. more bitter. 
But of course, if we were having this in front of people from North Dakota, they would probably laugh at us because sure, when sure. we watch the weather here. You see the Fargo forecast, <laughs> so it's all relative. But if yeah. you think it's bad here, look what happened in Fargo last night. <laughs> when I moved here from Green Bay, people in Green Bay said, "Oh, are you crazy? You yeah. know how cold it is over there." I said, "It's, yeah, right, it's right. about the same, right?" Right. right. Of course, International <laughs> Falls has got a Minnesota version and a Canada version, right? International Falls, Canada, is essentially their Miami. <laughs> right. right. That's yeah. that's another yeah. thing where Minnesota really has guilt by association. Every day I remember when I would deliver the Sentinel, after I would get done, I'd sit down, I'd look at the, the weather, and they'd have yesterday's high, typically mm-hmm. like Death Valley, yesterday's yep. low, International, International Falls, Falls, Minnesota. Okay. Never failed, right? <laughs> yep. Speaking of International Falls, that's the Boundary Waters. Is it a coincidence that Minnesota has exactly 10,000 lakes? <laughs> you know how hard it was to get right on that yeah. exact number? Like when you go to the gas station, you're trying to make sure it lands exactly yeah. on the yeah. zeros, and then it goes over, and you can't put the gas back and start over. I mean, yeah, it's like right. Ferris Bueller where they do the odometer. I mean, it's not easy. I'd imagine when, you're, when somebody's counting the lakes, you know, and somebody starts talking to them about, like, their phone number, like, hold on, i got to start again. Yeah, right. <laughs> like one. Two. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think if, and again, I am not a native, as any Minnesotan will point out. They're very proud of their natives here. It's there's a provincial thing here a little bit, but um, I, I've been told that there are a few lakes with the same name. That, that sounds like cheating. <laughs> you know, uh, Minnesota is also known as the uh, the headwaters of the Mississippi River. Have you been up there? I have not been all the way to the top, no. You know what? I went there once, and it's surprising. When you get to the headwaters of the Mississippi, you'll find a Starbucks. (laughs) It's inside of a Target. They love their Targets in Minnesota. I can tell you. It is fun almost wherever you go. You're never far from the Mighty Miss. I always feel like uh, Chevy Chase in vacation whenever I see the Mississippi up here. But, yeah, the Mississippi is kind of a big deal anyway, but here – Parts sure. between the two Twin Cities itself, which can always is the uh, the big question when people move here is why is one interstate freeway called 35E right. and another is 35W, but right. they don't go east and west. If you know the answer to that question, then you are living here long enough or you know the, the true answer. But, you, you know, you hit on uh, specialty coffee and Target, so you would fit in very well here. <laughs> You know what? I'd expect to go up to the headwaters of the Mississippi and find like a hose turned on, right? That's what I was going to say. A little faucet. Somebody left a faucet running, right? Yeah. There's probably a guy that's going to turn it off and say, don't do that. Oh, got to play. And then they can use it for hockey too. That's the beauty for them here of having all the lakes and the ponds is hockey. I didn't realize where we grew up. I wasn't into hockey, which up here, lightning is going to strike me for saying that, but skating at least growing up, was more just about skating or, you know, we train Olympic speed skaters yep. there. Yep. But when I moved here, it took me uh, just <laughs> a day or two to realize, because I got here during hockey season, you know, Friday and Saturday, there was college hockey on television. The NHL had just left for Dallas, believe it or not, and they came back as the Minnesota Wild. And then high school hockey, when the high school hockey tournament comes, <laughs> that's a huge deal. State shuts down. People put in hockey rinks in their backyards. Yeah, hockey is a big deal here. Yeah, I don't even know how to skate. 
Yeah. I don't even like I my my ankles are flopping around like me too. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I can't even do it. I went to a birthday party at Mayfair Mall when I was in like fifth or sixth <laughs> grade, and guess where we went? We went skating, and yeah. I just held on the whole time around yeah, right. the outside while everybody ate at McDonald's and looked down at me. <laughs> Yeah. I know. I, I got a great respect for hockey from, from living up here, but yeah, it just wasn't in, it just wasn't in our blood. Whereas here yeah. it's really a part of the culture in Minnesota. You know, you had Badger hockey in Madison as a big thing, of course, right. it still oh, yeah. is, but it was really more about the skaters. You know, we had Wisconsin had so many great Olympic speed skaters like Eric Hyden and Dan Jansen, Bonnie Blair. You know, I think uh, Minnesota's still trying to catch up to our football. You know, still, so I throw that at the zing, you know. It, I was not prepared. I was oh, yeah. completely unprepared when I moved here. The venom on this side oh. of the, the river, whether you want to do St. Croix or Mississippi, that people have here for the Packers. Yeah. Again, we grew up, it was the Bears, the Bears, the Bears. I lived yeah. in Green Bay when a new Packer would come to town, walk them to Green Bay, now go beat the Bears. We always no, kind of thought the Vikings, yeah, they're okay. But up here, they just like Bear fans, Viking fans have it out for the Packers. And the good thing is there's a ton of Packer fans up here. So I'm still very much a Packer fan. I, I don't have anything against the Vikings, but I'm a proud, lifelong Packer fan and season ticket holder. The, um, oh, nice. We talked about rivalries. I think in Wisconsin we kind of consider our rivals not only in a sporting sense, but just in a general sense to be yeah. Illinois. Does Minnesota consider Wisconsin its natural rival? They do. And we always try to tell them, no, you, you're really getting too big of an ego here. You're, it's really not about you. It's about Illinois. But I guess for people from western Wisconsin, maybe they think that. I likened it to, to tie in a Minnesota pop culture reference, the movie Grumpy Old Men. Okay, Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, their characters, sort of like when they're in the Odd Couple movie also, mm-hmm. they can't stand each other but they can't live without each other because deep down they know that, you know, they got to be together as friends, right? Right. The Bears and the Packers are kind of like that. They're old. They've been going at it for 100 years, can't stand each other, but at the end of the day, you really don't have one without the other. Well, then you have the Vikings. The Vikings are sort of like the (laughs) uppity son-in-law of the grumpy old men. They've had some success in a shorter time. Right. but not mm-hmm. that much success, but they think they're better than the others. That's kind of mm-hmm. the Minnesota thing as I see it, whereas with me too, same thing, Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Right. Yeah. But Minnesota is kind of trying to nudge in and think, yeah, we're the number one rival. And they, they always are deflated and think we're lying when we say, you know, you don't understand. It's more Illinois. And if yeah. you had Chicago in your shadow the way we did, you'd right. understand it. But they yeah. want to think that they're – they want to think they are. But we don't really care. Yeah, right. right. Well, that's just it. Yeah. Have you seen the Have you seen the Lego Batman movie? Yes. So when the Joker is like, "We're the greatest rivals," like, no, no, we're not. No, yes, we are. Like, sorry. Now you're talking my language because I just watched the Lego Masters show with my kids and my wife, and that's hosted by the actor Will Arnett, who voices Lego Batman. Yeah. It's and. And, of course, uh, Robin's real name was Dick Grayson, which, you know, nope. my brother Rich Grayson, we always said, people used to ask me, is your brother really Robin? So, yeah, yeah you got you to gotta, to make it a rivalry. It, it, it's got to be something special. Now, people here would say that the, the Vikings-Packers thing really heated up when Favre and Holmgren got there. Right. And that's yeah. when they both got pretty good. Minnesotans think that we're always thinking about them. 
them. And I would say, no, no, you know, we're, we're really not. Yeah. yeah. I'll say this um, in the last probably, uh, probably 10 years or so, maybe 15, maybe it was the far, far of Holmgren thing, but I, I really shifted from really intensely hating the bears. Like now the bears are like, whatever, they always kind of stink. <laughs> right. But now I intensely don't, I intensely hate the Vikings. So, so in a way, maybe they're getting their wish now, you know, I, okay, fine, yeah. fine. I'll hate you more than I hate the bears. But as soon as the bears get good again, I'm going back to the bears. Actually, one thing I think we can all agree on is that, the Detroit Lions are completely irrelevant. You know what's yeah. funny is, every, I know we're going to talk more <laughs> sports later. Right, well, next each time, each yeah. of those other three teams, the Packers are their rival because we border all of them. It's funny because for me, you, know, you asked me about Minnesota. When I was growing up, like, like you guys, the Packers were, were pretty bad. After Because yeah. I'm the same age as the Super Bowl. Whatever Super Bowl number it is, that's how old I am. That means Packers won Super Bowls one and two, from age two to about age 30, we didn't have that much to cheer about. But when I was in grade school, I got a jersey made because back then we couldn't just buy them off the rack. We got them made. Got mm-hmm. a Chuck Foreman jersey made. Chuck Foreman played for the Vikings, one of the top players in the 70s. I love the Vikings colors. I actually think they still have really good colors. I like their colors. And I had a Chuck Foreman jersey. And I wound up doing some uh, TV work with Chuck Foreman, which was oh, a real cool. kick. And then in between – being on TV at the news station here. And before I started with the Bucks and the Brewers, I worked for the Minnesota Vikings. And so I would get paychecks from the Vikings. And it was so surreal because then I would have a ticket invoice from the Packers to pay my season tickets. And I, <laughs> I was working with the Vikings. And the funny thing is, you know, you watch the games and you want your team to win and everything. And you get to a certain age and you realize, you know, <laughs> it's just sports. There's, we're all just people it's like Seinfeld says we root for laundry you want your color laundry to win but right. you know, I got a lot of friends I got a lot of friends over at the Vikings and they're great people but as far as the rivalry goes yeah it's pretty fun getting back to Minnesota a little bit here you know I'm looking up some other famous Minnesotans here you guys probably know Bob Zimmerman Robert Zimmerman anybody <laughs> yeah Hibbing uh Hibbing Minnesota right Mr. Bob Dylan right no, actually, it's Paul McCartney is, is who I was referring to. <laughs> We're talking McCartney or Dylan. Yes, there are, yeah. there are a few. I, by the way, I'm flattered when you said other famous Minnesotans to put yeah, me in, besides yourself, in that, sure, in that sure. company. Yeah, right. People used to say, what, what's it like being famous? Because I was on, you know, in front of the camera. I said, well, you're not really famous if people don't know who you are. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. If you have to tell them who you are, someone said to me, you're famous, aren't you? I said, well, I'm not really. And, you know, you never get a big ego, but. You think, well, if I have to tell you who I am, that kind of defies the definition of famous. Some, one time someone said, I, you're somebody, aren't you? <laughs> we, had, we had Steve Palligan here. Uh, yeah. talked to him for a while, too. And he, he, had, he said the same thing. I said, oh, you know, I mean, you've been on the radio for like 35 years. Celebrity around here is like, no. <laughs> just well, a local guy who hangs around but like no come on but everyone knows who he is i mean he's mm-hmm. he's a really successful person he i've always been really impressed by him and i always you know i wanted to be on the news growing up i wanted to be on the news down there doing the sports and everything and for a lot of the people you watch on your you know the milwaukee channels i i know a lot of them and yeah people kind of you, you kind of become in the local scene you become very entrenched and so yeah especially when they hear his voice too i mean he's oh, sure in mm-hmm. the case of Steve, but um, yeah, that's, that's kind of funny that you mentioned Robert Zimmerman. Every area has got its icons and it's pretty amazing. When you talk about Minnesota, there's, 
two biggies in the music world from Minnesota. Right. As big as I was going to bring up the other one, which is Prince. Yes. When, when Prince passed away, Oof. that was one of those moments here. It was awful in terms of how sad it was. What was really special about it was you, you had all these people who knew him from way back. And then you had the fact he shot the movie Purple Rain here. I mean, that was close to his heart. Prince never let people forget that he was from Minneapolis. I mean, from purple to Mm -hmm. everything else. I mean, once in a while, he would pop up in the place. I mean, all of a sudden, he'd be at a Timberwolves NBA game. Now, I know he spent a lot of time in Los Angeles as well uh, as he became famous. But um, he was so revered and respected when he passed away, it was, this, it was a combination of love and grief and sadness. It really tore people up here. It sure. really did. And not being from here, I didn't quite appreciate it initially um, when that happened. But yeah, yeah, to have in this state Bob Dylan and Prince, that's a pretty good uh, one-two punch. Yeah, and that happened so suddenly, too. That was the other thing. Yeah. It wasn't like he was sick and, oh, no, boy, what? Yeah. Who died? What? I know. Yeah. You know, sometimes you remember where you were when things like this happen. Mm -hmm. And I was in the drive-thru line at a Taco Bell. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Are you serious? I'm serious. Yeah. And the the lady on the radio, the lady in the drive-thru told me, you know, that he had died, right? For some reason. Wow. I was in the Taco Bell when the OJ verdict came in. And then the, <laughs> during 9-11, I was in the Taco Bell. The Taco Bell. Early morning breakfast, breakfast burrito. Yeah, was it? yeah. I was having the sure. breakfast burrito, yeah. So <laughs> right. I don't know why that always is, but every event revolves around Taco Bell. You should okay. stop. Okay. You should I think you should just either have it delivered or just <laughs> stop. Because I was on a phone call for work. It was around midday when I, I heard. And I told the man on the phone who was around Prince's age, and he almost dropped the phone. He idolized Prince. I mean, a lot of people, when you say Minneapolis, in the, uh, from when he became famous going forward, if you would say Minneapolis in the 80s, Prince, that's where Prince is from. That's right. where that movie was, sure. right? You know? Yeah, right, right. You never met him, did you? In your I never world? met him. I was right by him once when I, I mentioned he was at a, showed up at an NBA game. He, re, he was really uh, loyal to the Minnesota teams, especially the, uh, the Vikings and I think he liked the Timberwolves too. I was near him and he was, you know, he was shorter. He was a smaller guy. But, you know, when you're around people like that, it's just, there's a charisma there. It kind of took my breath away. Oh my gosh, that's Prince. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're taught when you interview people, you know, not to use a cliche, but I'm going to keep your eye on the ball and just interview the person. Now I didn't yeah. have to interview Prince, but I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, I just became like I was 12 years old again or yeah. I was watching Purple Rain on uh, HBO or something, and there's, there's Prince. But, yeah, he was, he was pretty amazing. They still have – we'll do tributes to him here. And then going back to what you asked me about before, uh, Bob Dylan, he remains an icon here too. Prince is on a different level because with Prince you had movies and he's a little younger too. Right. But yeah. that's mm-hmm. not to discount uh, Mr. Zimmerman at all. Yeah. <laughs> Was he fascinated with purple because of the Vikings? I can't, I can't take this to the bank. I think, I think that was one reason he liked it. I don't know if he just liked it anyway because of how the color looked, but I always wondered if that kind of 
was a kickstart in why he liked that color so much. I can't say that for sure, though. I like a lot of Prince's music, but by no means am I uh, an expert on it. But I always thought that was kind of a connection, personally. Um, He's known for one of the best uh, Super Bowl halftimes ever. To me, it was too bad he couldn't have done that here when they hosted the game. They hosted the game twice here, once in – uh, January of 92 at the old Metrodome and then here you know just a few years ago at the new place and when he played at the Super Bowl I want to say it was a real rainy Super Bowl in Miami yeah. Yeah. it's just yeah. too bad if you're going to have Prince you know he couldn't have played here yeah well that was kind of part of the I don't want to say the magic of it but like it was pouring rain he's still yeah. just rocking out I mean yeah. it's still a great show in the pouring rain it's crazy what I didn't realize about him until just learning more about him uh, I didn't realize truly how much of a, a musician he was. I didn't fully mm. appreciate how good he was just when it came to music. I mean, it wasn't to call him like a pop star does him a disservice. I mean, he could do everything. Mm-hmm. And, and the way he also, he brought in a lot of, a lot of people here too. Um, the, the producers, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, they produced albums for Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson would fly here to put those albums <laughs> together. Wow. You have Morris Day in the time. Yeah, Prince mm-hmm. kind of put the Minneapolis music scene on the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Jeff, you spent half your life up Minnesota. Like you said, you'll always be a Wisconsinite at heart. But has Minnesota got a place in your heart now? Well, sure. It's got it's got a place in my heart because you know, I met my wife here, and my wife is from here. My my our three kids uh, were born here. Uh, there's some things about it that I really like, but. You know, you ask my wife and kids, uh, and they'll roll their eyes at how often I talk about, you know, where I'm from and all the places I miss. And obviously, I have a lot of fondness for uh, for Minnesota because I made a lot of friends here, and I have my family because of Minnesota. But um, I'm still a Tosin, and I lived in Green Bay for yeah. several years, and yeah. I love that, too. I love Green Bay. Well, that's good to hear. Well, we're going to talk more about your Green Bay years and your sports casting in our second half. So let's wrap things up here for the first half, and we'll talk to you in just a bit. All right, Jeff? You got it, buddy. Okay, right. sounds good. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast for the conclusion of our interview with broadcaster Jeff Grayson. Jeff Grayson.